Sasoff. I am the scientist. You can call me Dr. J. And with me is my partner, Ben Jolliffe. How you doing there? I'm doing fine. So, we don't really have a, uh, a, uh, a plan so that we're going to wing this. So uh, hopefully everyone who listened to this, all two of you, uh, decide to listen to the second installment of this show after our no plan. Well, I suppose let's get into introductions first. So how did we meet? Let's talk about how we met many years ago. Oh, okay. Well, uh, that's a boring story, Ben. Basically, uh, I was in a band with uh, a guy named Chad Jolly. And uh, he was much older than me, and he kidnapped me and forced me to play in a band with him. He knew um, some people from Marion, Ohio, which is famous for popcorn and the, the KKK. Mm-hmm. It's a very great place. Uh, also, Whirlpool, making dro- rosters <laughs> and dryers. So oh, okay. Like yeah, okay. So all your, all your clothes are clean because of Marion, Ohio. So I guess, <laughs> I guess we'll, we'll let them have the racism. So... Uh, yeah, and then uh, some guy from Connecticut whose mom gave him about $10,000 wanted, <laughs> wanted to do a split EP and decided he would let Cody just decide what was on it because they didn't have a second band. There was only one band. So they asked us to do it. And we came down and auditioned for the split EP. I guess that's what you would call it. And I, I played some acoustic guitar and they realized that I was the greatest thing ever. So... We 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 collaborated on that, and it was it was a raving success. I think we sold about two hundred and seventeen copies. Pretty much, pretty much. But you leave. Yes, yes. That's very important. Uh, So yes, our band, Second String Hero, uh, joined forces with the middle name Danger, and that's how uh, once the two bands broke up. Um, in about 2004, we formed the cinema. Ergo, we now form the cinema talk of what we're doing right now. So, Yeah, because it's such a great name. We just need to use it for everything. I'm going to name my child Cinema. So <laughs> my child will be named Cinema Clevenger. Uh. Okay, so we want to do this podcast because we have very strong opinions that are sometimes funny and sometimes not, but most of the time funny. So why... <laughs> <laughs> Why don't we get right into it, Ben? So Ben actually has done lots of touring with um, uh, uh, pretty big bands. He's done lots of pretty cool shows, spent the night with lots of uh, nice, beautiful women <laughs> on tour. He has lots of experience. So he is going to give you some, uh, some of his uh, uh, experience as, as we go along. But first, we need to do our movie review of the week ah uh, yes insert yes. funny uh sound drop there <laughs> I'll, I'll edit that out uh, so i was thinking about on cinema talk this week let's bring up uh a movie we both watched last night uh green room starring sir patrick stewart um <laughs> that's right <laughs> so i was gonna say it's not really starring anybody but you're right it is it is starring patrick stewart that's correct uh, and actually, I read some great reviews on this. Uh, Josh was pretty excited to get it, so um, I was as well. I had already read some great reviews on this. Um, let's let's dig into plot. So we got a, a punk band that's touring across uh, America. Uh, I want to interject something real sure. quick. They siphon gas, okay? Mm-hmm. Now, I went on tour with a couple bands. I think three. Three different bands I went on tour with, okay? We were all very poor. Okay, you've been on tour with like four or five different bands. Yep. You know tons of bands. Slept on floors. Always poor, yep. not make a lot of money, mm-hmm. eating double cheese dollar menu food. Nobody siphons gas. <laughs> like, that's ridiculous. <laughs> no one. No one siphons gas. Punk bands are not criminals. Yes. That, that part really bothered me. Well, and I think the only You know only any reason, band no. that has siphoned gas? I have never met anybody who's siphoned gas. Okay. I've met bands that have obviously uh, turned their turned their uh, gas tanks into using the um, vegetable oil, well, but, yeah, but never yeah, done, uh, never seen a band. They asked for the vegetable oil. They didn't even steal it from the restaurant. True. It was just in the back. They True. They just take it. Which, if people are unaware, let's educate that uh, you can do that. You can convert your van into uh, using vegetable oil, which many bands used to do that back in the day, yeah. and maybe still do. I don't know, but... I don't think they can do that anymore because restaurants... Uh, don't give no. that. Yeah, they don't give it away. Ah, uh, okay. They used to. Yeah, it used uh, to be the Chinese restaurants. That's what Pie Bald said. 
they used to get it from yeah America. the Chinese restaurants would give it to them but I doubt they even do that anymore yeah okay so go ahead so so basically the first thing is okay mm-hmm. they they try and make bands out to be criminals it's not true mm-hmm. okay if you if you're, if you're a high school child and you're thinking about starting a even if you're the worst band in the world, okay, and you go on tour and you stink, you're horrible, people will still give you money, mm-hmm. okay? Because Not they, a lot. No, but, a but enough to put gas in enough. your van yes. and to eat, eat. Yes. So no one has to siphon gas. Right. I'm just, I'm just letting you know. If you watch the movie, it doesn't mm-hmm. happen. Okay. And, but also a further word of advice, though. If you do go on tour, uh, make sure that you try to book some shows. Don't just drive yeah. around and yeah. expect yeah. that people will have yeah. a show for you. Yeah, if you're from Washington, D.C. and you find yourself in Portland for the only show of your tour, right. you might want to have some shows booked for the way back. <laughs> right. You might want to have a plan. <laughs> it's a little bit of a drive. Yes. At that point, you may be calling mom or dad or friends, but yeah. I've never met any bands that have stolen gas. Well, this this band apparently has no family. <laughs> True. Yeah. True. They're just like, we have no money, we're screwed. Right. Right. They have nope. mentioned no friends, <laughs> yeah. no family. No credit card. <laughs> no credit card. No. Let's just steal gas. But they do have instruments. So they must have stolen those. Okay, so, go ahead. Let's talk and about the movie. True. Now, in fairness, I think they put that in there only because of a foreshadowing element. It foreshadows to something later in the movie, which we well, won't talk about. That's true. But so, okay, here's this band. Um, they're they're traveling around, and they basically got paid what twenty dollars at their yeah, last show. So twenty dollars. They're trying to figure out how they're going to get back and how they're going to get home. Uh, so they hear about from this promoter kid. He tells them about a show that he can get them making about two fifty or three hundred fifty bucks, something like that. So they travel to this show, and some Nazi punkers are playing. They go up, finish their set, and before they're leaving, they basically witness a murder. Yeah. And so the owner of the punk club, Sir Patrick Stewart, will not allow them to leave. So they have to create this ultimate plan of how to um, basically frame these kids into being thieves and everything else to get rid of them all. Yeah, so that's it. So that's the rest of the movie. So it, this is what's cool about it. So it's like a video game. So as soon as they get locked in this room after the murder and they won't let them leave, and they gotta get out, so it's like a level, mm-hmm. you know. And so the you know the the Nazi white supremacist dudes, they've got you know lots of skinhead dudes that like killing people. Mm-hmm. They've got pit bulls that like ripping throats out. There's lots of guns, you know. <laughs> but there's things they can find, you know. There's like little containers with bullets that they can find and machetes and all sorts of things, and they can use that to get out of the level. Mm-hmm. And it's very it's a very well done movie. And it's very exciting. And the death scenes are... Okay, so one of the good things about this movie is that like they don't mess around. Like When people die, it's not this long-ass thing. It's like it's very real. Like you, When you die, you just die. It just happens. <laughs> you're just dead. You're just talking, and then someone shoots you in the face, and you're dead. And like basically, pe- a lot of people die. So if you don't like that, you won't like the movie. But it's, it's, a, it's a very cool, albeit horribly unrealistic film, because... Mm. Nothing like this exists and would ever happen ever. (laughs) But even having said that, which is funny, here's a good juxtaposition about what you just said is, even having said that it is very unrealistic in a sense, if it were to happen, if something like that were to happen, then the reactions of every character, I think, were done very well. Oh, yeah. They were, everything was done in a realistic fashion. It would probably, to, yeah. Yeah. So even if the, the story itself was technically unrealistic, everything, how it would how everything would have went down would be very realistic. Yeah, it was it was it was nicely it was nicely made. It was very nicely made and uh it's it's definitely worth watching and definitely worth the praise that it received. I mean, it's not groundbreaking material here, you know. Oh, white supremacists are bad. They deal drugs, you know what I mean? Like it's not and no groundbreaking stuff. It's relatively obvious. My only other concern with the plot is this is a very politically leaning punk rock band from Washington with like Fugazi stickers and they like minor threat. Mm-hmm. And you know what I mean? They're like, they're very punk. They're like real punk. Okay. And this guy says, oh, I'll set you up at this, at this Nazi club to play a show for $300 so you can get some gas. And they do it. Right. And I'm thinking, okay. Red Seriously? flags, red yeah, flags, red flags. Like, 
like a punk club paying yeah. three hundred dollars. Now, trust me. Well, that's the first. Well, right. That's yeah. the first thing. But the second thing is these guys are very political, right? So why why are they like oh, okay, yeah? So like for three hundred bucks, I'll play in front of a bunch of skinheads. No, that's not gonna happen. No, no. no. Can you imagine Minor Threat being like? Oh, okay, yeah, I need some gas. So, like, yeah, I'll pay. I'll play in front of uh, the Ku Klux Klan for, like, <laughs> five grand. It's cool. No, it's yeah, not going to happen. It's not going to happen. No. Especially since they were um, basically wannabe tough guys when they were yeah. on stage, too. When they, they, yeah, th- that Did wouldn't you happen. think that it was going to end well? That you were just yeah. going to go make some money? And then just leave. And then leave. Mm-hmm. You should have you thought of that. <laughs> Which... And the other thing is that the drummer had some very, you know, some very useful wrestling skills in his repertoire. So I think that was lucky for them. Right. They must, right. Have, they must have known that going in, that he knew lots of sweet wrestling holds. He was like an MMA fighter. <laughs> so we don't want to give too much away, but we will suggest it. It is pretty awesome for yeah. for what it has. And uh, it wasn't too long either. I think we hour and a half runtime, 90 minutes. I don't think it was too long. Yeah. So I think it was a... It was a yeah. Well done. Go well see done. It. Yeah. And yeah. that was Cinema Talk Movie Review. <laughs> All right, I'll edit well, that out. Which I think is a great segment leading into our next talk. So let's talk about let's talk about music today. I don't want to harsh too badly on bands first or, or yet. Um, but what I do want to say is um, I guess when did when did image really become a thing? Do you think that image like that's in today's music that is designed by the studios because I do know and I have been told all all the types of things that we deal with in music today. So you look at, honestly, look at every single person in a band that wears a hat. That is forced by the studio. They do not like <laughs> baldness. They do not want to see it. That is forced. Hats are really cool. Though. Yeah, hats are, you know. I mean, some, when I see a guy with a hat, I'm like, I need to listen to that record. I need to listen to that record. That's but awesome. it's very, it's funny because they just think, okay, well, some 50-year-old is going to think this is some weird old guy, so we're not going to let him do that. Now, there are exceptions, but you look at, okay, let's look at Edge. Yeah. Uh, let's look at singer of uh, Fall Out Boy. I mean, he was told, you must wear a hat 24 hours a day. Okay, um, real quick, Ben. I don't, I don't want to stop it. Yeah. Here's what I, real quick. So are teenagers dumb or do they think teenagers are dumb? Because if I'm, if you're 15 and you're like, oh my God, this, this record rules, but that guy is bald, <laughs> so I'm never going to listen to him. I think that's what they think. <laughs> they think they're dumb. So this guy is bald. This guy doesn't no, have hair. No, no, That is disgusting. <laughs> I refuse <laughs> to listen to this. <laughs> so I, I guess that's possible. I, I, All right, so go ahead. So, so I guess that's the that's the mindset. How dare you not have hair on your head, you human being? Right, and it's obviously something that is uncontrollable for you know for for people. People get older, it happens, you know, or even you know young twenties, it happens. To, so, but I think. That's the sad thing about the music world today is it really is all about image, as most of us have known. But I guess my question is, how far back do you think it really goes? Forever. I mean, was was Creedence Clearwater Revival getting stuff from the label that says, okay. Yeah, you need to have a beard. <laughs> True. You need to look like a hippie. Yeah, the drummer, you got to have this, a weird, weird big beard. But it's just <laughs> funny, it, like when you think about w- where it changed, because I don't think Led Zeppelin probably got told that you have to wear this stuff. I think they did it because they wanted to. Yeah, they were just inherently cool, though. Right. I mean, <laughs> but I mean, I think it probably, I'm going to guess the 80s. Plus, their music was good. You're talking about, I mean, like, it, it, dude needs to wear, I mean, what band, you know, do you know what band that was in? You're, it, one of your. Uh, one of your uh, prestigious friends was telling you this story. That oh, about the yes. So uh, one particularly. I mean, I had the two examples, obviously, that I was thinking of Edge and Fall Out Boy. But uh, the, actually, and it even started with Fall Out Boy. He told me the story first about the singer about Fall Out Boy. Boy. Well, they, you they, know, they're no good. That's yeah, why. Well, but people still love them somehow. Because yeah. he wears a hat. <laughs> true, true. <laughs> that is the hat that does it. No. All right, we're back. All right, we're back. Edit that in. Boop, boop, boop. So, uh, yes, Autopilot Off was the band that uh, I had been told and heard about. Um, actually, I don't even think anybody knows who they are. But they were 
sort of a punk rock wannabe band. Uh, they they were punk rock, but more so a face to face style band for anybody who even knows who face to face is. No, no, nobody. no one knows who face to face is. Um, but but they, um, they did rule for two records. Yes. Well, three, two yeah. and a half. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So. Uh, I did hear a story from uh, someone in the industry uh, that was told that the bass player, he was one of the people who was told immediately as soon as they started becoming sort of a corporate um, corporate band, they wanted to be made over, you know, they were to be made over. The singer had to start wearing a little bit more um, indie rock look style looking clothing, uh, a little bit tighter jeans, a little bit tighter t-shirts, um, and the bass player was for sure told to uh, always wear a hat, 24 hours a day, yeah. anytime in front of anytime in front of other well, people. Well, that, that made the music much better, I'm sure. Oh, absolutely. I mean, absolutely made it much better. Um, now, I'm not sure. I don't remember if, uh, correctly, but I think they were also told to obviously change the music. Uh, yeah, were yeah write better songs. Right, right. <laughs> they, that they were told to be brought in. Now, on this same point, uh, let's bring up a, a, a band that people, many people will know. Um, okay. Let's talk that? about... Um, the uh, Maroon Five. Maroon okay. Five was the same situation. This these band this band was called Kara's Flowers in the mid to late nineties. Oh. They were just a plain rock band. Um, they were all basically all all the dudes look like models and everything. That's why I think the label picked them up because they yeah. were all good looking guys. Yeah. But they were a really decent, really good rock band, and. Um, even the singer, he played guitar, and he played guitar well. He could solo well. But then they kind of got a complete overhaul. The label came in, chopped them all up. Let's change the band name. Let's change the style of music. Let's do this. Mm-hmm. So they were completely made over. And you almost got to wonder, I mean, obviously, is it just people who just see money in their faces that's like, okay, that's cool. Let's do it. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not going to lie. I mean, if, if my band is called Kara's Flowers, and they want to change it to Maroon 5, I'm thinking in my head. Both names blow, so I guess it doesn't matter. I guess it doesn't matter what you do with that. I mean, Agreed. I, I just, uh, basically, I mean, I, I think what it comes down to is that, like, if, if you listen to mainstream music, you are, you are of lesser intelligence mm-hmm. than the rest of us. Right. And it's unfortunate. Sometimes I'm it's sorry, unfortunate. Mo- <laughs> Sometimes it's Our unfortunate. Our two listeners just stopped listening. <laughs> yeah. they like, well, I, I like that. I like mainstream music. I like... Uh, Sometimes it's it is unfortunate because you know um, I was a mainstream kid growing up. I, I wouldn't well, say because right, you yeah, have no brains. I did, right. Well, I wouldn't say that. <laughs> I had no artist. I had no avenue to experience yeah. the the bands. Well, your child. Yeah. So I admit that my friends Ty and Cody did open my mind to uh, the punk rock era and the older school punk rock bands and underground music. I want to talk about that really quickly if I can, though. Seriously, in the late 90s and early 2000s punk rock was so dumb <laughs> like I mean, so def- we go, liked go, we liked all define. these bands we yeah. liked all these bands so much and it was like it was the dumbest junk <laughs> you can't listen to any of that anymore honestly i i never was a huge fan of it it, it more so opened my respect for the for the for the generation, yeah. but respect and obviously likes are very different. Yeah. Friends, I have friends who love Devo. I cannot get into Devo. Well, Devo's personally. really good though. I I'm mean, not, that's I'm a just real not band. a big. It, they're good, but it's just not really my stuff. I opened up my respect for them a much, you yeah. know, very ex- extensively. But um, leading leading into that though, I think um, I was more talking about less than Jake. Oh well. That bands like they're that. like fake punk bands though, they're like ska punk yeah, wannabe, ska yeah, punk. They, ska punk. Yeah, I mean the stuff that I had got into were the older, were the older Black Flag, Circle Jerks. That, that style is what we started playing. Well, in that's true. Mid-90s. That's real. That's real music. Yeah. Now I'm going to say I'm going to go off, uh, go on a small tangent, but still relative here. Um, is that I think the mainstream, it took a huge hit after Kurt Cobain died. Now, obviously, that's that's goes without saying. It's obvious, I think. But I think it took a huge hit as far as mainstream. Mainstream music was still pretty fun, I think, in the grunge alternative era. And that was still... You could still kind of respect some of that stuff. I think people who listen to it, you could yeah. still respect it. They were trying. Yes. They yeah. were real bands, Those like, were... re- really being really creative. and Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, like, 
pop bands and, and producers and stuff do a nice job, but I don't really like that stuff, so I don't really talk about that. But like rock and roll is yeah. is garbage. Right. right. All the bands are garbage. Yeah, especially today. That's what I'm saying. Uh, yeah, there is no rock and roll today. No. But it's unfortunate because yeah, you look at all the look at what we had melodically and um in the rock scene in 93, 94. I mean, obviously Soundgarden, Pearl Jam, Nirvana, that, that style. Um, and it was good. It was very good stuff. And not only could, um, not only could the kids that were underground like it and then still like it, um, but then obviously a whole new audience got brought in by that scene. Now, after Nirvana died, then what we got were these kind of cheap fill-ins, cheap replacements, um, we look at Matchbox 20, uh, Eve 6. <laughs> I mean, that's honestly, that's what we got. We got the poor man's Nirvana. It was like, let's bring Matchbox. in these bands that sound somewhat slightly you called, grunge. You called Matchbox 20 poor man's Nirvana. <laughs> I never, never thought of that ever. It really before. is. Because you look at it. Okay, so like 94 and 95 were like the cutoff. Yeah. So after 94, you look at 95 and on, yeah. and like the mid-90s to late-90s sucked terribly. Yeah, as far as dolls, man. You know? Right, exactly. Exactly. That's Loving what, it. That's what we got was more exposure, more exposure Creed? to yeah, Goo Goo Dolls. Creed. Yeah, that's what happened to rock. So as far as if you wanted to listen to grunge alternative, yeah. it went into Eve 6, Matchbox 20, yeah. and or uh, Wish You Would Step Off the Ledge, My Friend. Uh, crap. Oh, what is that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah third Steve, Eye Blind. Yeah, Third Eye yeah. Blind. So yeah. that, that's what we got. Do, it was do, do, <laughs> poor man's. Poor man's alternative. Yeah. And now on the other side of it, here's what happened to metal. Metal also died. Metal wasn't oh real metal God. anymore. Yeah, yeah. Metal became rap rock. I mean, metal, that's, that's when metal entered Corn and Limp Biscuit in 95. Yeah. That was all the craze, and I hated it. I hated everything about it. I never wanted a single thing to do with yeah, it. Yeah, well, I didn't like it either. But let me say one thing. Uh, those, uh, it wasn't, wasn't horrible. I mean, it was at least like it was something interesting. I didn't really want to listen to it, but like... How come when that started happening, how dare any metal band actually sound metal anymore? You know what I'm uh, saying? Like, yeah. they all had to sound like that. Right. If you didn't sound like that, mm. nobody wanted to listen to you. Right, right. Because, because obviously, um, Limp Biscuit and Korn and Linkin Park then Linkin had, Park, had an edge on everything. It was like you had to have... Well, Linkin Park was a boy band. You know that, right? <laughs> They Relatively. were put together, weren't they? I did not know that. Yeah. If, if that's like true, I can't band. confirm that. But if that's true, that's yeah. that's pretty crazy. Uh, now, that's what's funny is you started seeing that in bands. When we were forming bands and playing high school bands, I mean... I think people wanted to have like, okay, so now we gotta now we got a rock band. Now we gotta add a rapper, just to just to be cool. <laughs> All right, so we got a rock band. Now we have to add a rapper because we have to sound like I never thought Gordon that. But that, that, <laughs> that, that was the trend. Okay, this is a good song. Where's yeah. the rap part? Where's the rapper? I guess I can see this. Not to mention the styles. I don't want to keep going back to '95, but I think I was haunted by you know. We we really only had. I mean, at least as far as me for mainstream. This was before I got hit you know, hip into what was going on musically on underground or indie rock scenes or anything like that. So, of course, all that I was left with being, an, a, you know, a mainstream kid was Foo Fighters. That's all I had well, to go good. on. It's good. Yeah. I'm glad. So, yeah. but that's really all I had to go on. And then like leftover Soundgarden, which is fine because 97 was still a good year for them. But, um, uh, you know, w when you go back and think about it, it was it was a sad time. I mean, that Jinkos. Oh my goodness! Can you believe Jinkos actually existed? <laughs> I don't think anybody. I don't. Does anybody know, even knows remember what knows what Jinkos are. are? Large jeans. They were basically. Parachute. They let you skateboard better. <laughs> that was. That was. They, they gave large. you lots of breathing room in your <laughs> legs. So parachute you could, jeans. Right. I so mean, you could do kickflips. That was. That was. <laughs> But was most of the people that wore them didn't do kickflips. No, that was the, no, they just wore them. I skated quite a bit. I never wore jean coats, <laughs> but I wasn't good, so maybe that's why. Thank goodness. Thank goodness. Do they uh, do they wear jean coats in uh, Tony Hawk's skateboarding game or in I, that's, X that's Games? Thing. I, don't I don't think they think ever so. knew. No, I don't think so. No, so, so I, I don't guess wanna, that was a lie. I don't want to attribute those to skateboarding trends they for knew. sure. Maybe if they were created for that purpose, I guess. But uh, I mean, well, we had. You know, like if you go to Chicago right now, you'll see lots of kids, like hip kids, wearing like old flannels and like, like crappy looking mm -hmm. Hawaiian shirts and stuff mm -hmm. like that. But like when we were like hip, right? Yeah, right, right. 
the the style of dress was so dumb. Yes. It was super dumb. It was just like I can't even explain. It was just like I th- I guess all kids, you know, when they grow up they're like, "Well, what the hell was that mm-hmm. junk?" Yeah. What was I wearing? I mean, I, I, I mean, of course, I've done the same thing. I, I wore ugly jeans, and uh, I, I still dress badly. But at least I didn't wear jinkos. <laughs> I wear jinkos, yeah. yeah. I mean, those were, like, painfully obvious. At least the things I wore were relatively in, in They had a big, big funny label, too. Yes, yeah. yes. They looked really dumb. It was yeah. like you were a billboard for Jinkos. Look at my Jinkos. And they cost like $100, which at that time was like <laughs> a ton of money for jeans. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Now it's not very much for jeans. Yeah. But like for, yeah. Anyway. Should have put that towards shoes. So anyway, those that's that's our take on as far as music and image. So Ben, so Ben real quick, before we move on, I, I would like, I would like uh, you to... Uh, Explain to me what is the worst band in the world currently. <laughs> so Ben and I have a oh, bit. The which oh. which band would do we want to fight? Oh, okay. Like a, like a, in a boxing ring, oh. mano y mano. It's true. It's true. There are several oh. bands Tag that team boxing that we would face. Fight that we would face. Yeah. I'm sorry to, and unfortunately, I know many people that love them, and I cannot get <laughs> we into don't them. Them, We don't care about them. We don't care about them, though. Now, Josh tried to listen to 10 seconds of a song last night, and his brain literally about <laughs> exploded. Yeah. So he had to turn it off. Now, I even hear some people, uh, even friends in the music industry who are still working in the music industry say, yeah, they're not all that bad. And I will want to ask them, what are you talking about? You, you have went completely insane. 21 pilots. All right, I have friends who like them, but I don't get it. I don't understand. It's like the poor man's... It's rap rock, only it's like mainstream rap rock, but there's barely any rock in it. So I don't understand. It's like pop rap pop rock. Rap rock. Yeah. That I don't get it. And they're from Columbus. So we should be thrilled and happy that a Columbus band actually made it and is doing big things. I guess so. But here's the thing it's two guys. Where's your bass player? Do you even have a bass? Or do you just have a backup band? The thing no, is, I producers. can't confirm. The, yeah, it's like I can't confirm or deny if they have any other members playing. In the I band. can I, I can see why kids like it. I think it's 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 it it makes no sense. I mean, like music should it should make sense. There should just be some logical. Why are you doing that logically? All the great you know composers and mm-hmm. even the the modern day pop great composers like uh, that happy guy. What is that guy's name? Um, I'm so happy. Oh, that oh, guy. Oh, tr- uh, tr- uh, um, Farrell. Uh, yeah, yeah, that guy and yeah. some other guys that are really, really very talented. Bruno Mars, really talented yeah. producers and, right. and musicians. They make great music and they and they are able to be creative. But you know, it makes sense. There's a reason why they're doing it because music should be structured in some way. It should have a thought process. But this 21 Pilots band, it's just like, let's throw in everything mm-hmm. that kids like into every song. Right. At some point. Right. This element is going to be here. It will make no sense, but hey, you know what? And, and there's a. I think obviously producers are brought in to you know producers are people who are brought in for people who don't know people producers are people who are brought into uh, making an album to make it sound you know really good. But those are air quotation marks. Um, but they want to change as many things or relate situations to. Um, they they want to. They, they, they do a lot of gimmicky things. I think that's my biggest problem with mainstream music is too many of the gimmicky things. Like, you know, I'm sure somebody came into Avril Lavigne when she was recording her album and said, you know, don't say just take off those preppy clothes. Take off those preppy clothes. <laughs> like, I'm sure someone came in and told her to say... That. I've yeah. never even heard that before. I'm sure when that song came out, someone actually came in and told her to the say producer. that differently. A yeah. producer said, say yeah. that differently. Or yeah. a producer came in... Uh, heck, let's go even way back to Bon Jovi. Let's... So, so a producer came in, maybe even told them to say bad name, <laughs> told them to say that like that. In so for you, those of you unaware, in the Bon Jovi song, "You Give Love a Bad Name," the backup saying "bad name" is so terrible. Bad it's bad name. Yeah. I don't understand there, why they left it in joke. there. The producer, I think, wanted to kill the band. He <laughs> thought that would do it. <laughs> thought, no one that would, would do listen it. to no them. It didn't do it. happen. But anyway, as I was saying, the. Um, uh, 
I, it's all about you know the producers that choose to make these songs the way they are. That's why actually I don't I can't even think of the name of the band, but uh, it's time to give in, isn't it? I get a, that band <laughs> is actually okay. Now what I'll say is there's nothing gimmicky in the song. It's sort of a mainstream pop culture song, but there's nothing gimmicky in it. It's it's melodic. It's good. So I enjoy a, a song like that. I can't even think of what I have no the band idea is. what that is. Okay, I'm sure you you apparently enjoy it. A lot because you know the name of it's, the band. Uh, well, I can't remember the name of the band. Yeah. I just remember, I just know the words to it. So it's catchy. It's good. Uh, but that's the difference. Things become catchy. I think producers they don't need to throw these things in here, but they think, okay, if I throw these things in here, will it'll catch attention? That's what it'll do. It'll get attention, and that's all people are trying to do nowadays. Everything from sex tapes to to anything, it'll get attention. And that's unfortunately all it's about. Here's the thing, though, man. I, real quick, I mean, I just like, you know, there's this idea, and there's just been ide- this idea permeating in the music industry for a long time. And these people make money. They don't make a lot of money, though. Right. The, the amount of money the music industry makes is like nothing compared to like real businesses. I mean, like they bring in like a billion or whatever a year, which is like a billion dollars. Mm-hmm. The, the state of Georgia makes more money on cotton. That's just one state in the year than the music industry, the entire music industry. Right. So they don't make a lot of money. They're not. But, but they, they probably used to, right? Well, I, I don't mean, know. Probably maybe back in the day before but, music. Yeah. But, but the idea here is that like 13 year old girls are the ones mm-hmm. that you need to target to make money. Yeah. But like, okay. When grunge was happening, it was like all like dudes. They made money. It was like you know, twenty something dudes making money. If you, there is there is a segment of fans, and that's country music, right? Mm, true. And they make a lot of money in country music, and they're targeting older people that aren't very smart either. No, I didn't. I, didn't, <laughs> I, did, I did not mean that. I did not mean that. It's very in, in, it's it's cerebral music, but I think. It'd be cool if there was if there was a segment that would like push like something real, like bands that are real. Like, yeah. These are real bands that right. are good bands. This is a real band that had a producer that just wanted to make good music for people. That had good ideas to where, you know, instead of saying, say this line differently, they just said, How about we just pause here, let this area breathe, and then continue on with the rest of the song? That's some that's a good piece of producing you know that is a good piece of producing but we don't get that anymore and speaking of country too unfortunately country kind of went that same path i mean look at taylor swift and everything else so it went to a pop era they were like all right let's bring country into the mainstream oh my god so now i hate it so much you know and now like the country music awards are a huge thing did you ever did you ever even know about the country music awards before yeah but now they're on like abc and things like that Well, right because they're it's everyone i i don't i I live in Georgia. All I hear is country all the time. Right. Okay. I have no idea. It's the same song. Mm Mm-hmm. It is. Over and over again. Let's play it's a, a G chord. Singing or a chick an E singing. chord. It's the same song. C chord, G chord, E chord, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Like, what? Do you, you, seriously, you love your truck that much? <laughs> I think... Like, I don't want to hear a song. Like, there's someone singing about, like, how much he loves his truck. I'm right. like, oh, I'd love my truck, too. I love this song in my yeah. truck. This truck's so good. I mean, I love my dog, but I'm, I don't want to listen to a band sing about loving their dog. <laughs> right. And right. Like, we want to listen to the things we can... Drinking some beers. Basically relate on. So... <laughs> it's horrible. <laughs> I mean, Please unfortunately, that's the, that's the direction it's going down. You so. can make money with doing real stuff. I don't think people understand this. Like, the music in the 50s and the 60s, it was, it was real. Right. It they was... still had producers and there was pop stuff. But, like, mm-hmm. there was real stuff that made money. Johnny Cash was real. Right. And he made money. He made money. By writing about Michael Jackson stuff. was real. Have you ever seen documentaries about Michael Jackson making his records with Quincy Jones? And, mm-hmm. like, that was real. They were making real music. They felt, you know? He right. would go and do research in clubs and, like, and, and feel the rhythm and... and Jimi Hendrix was real. They made money. Mm-hmm. You don't have to make this crap right. just to make money. Right. It's horrible. And, and now I'm going to even go back and rest on what you said about Michael Jackson for a second. Uh, is the fact that Quincy Jones took steps in the, into a 
a possible dangerous direction is uh, th this was on the uh, documentary that I had, had seen that um, Michael Jackson originally wanted to call uh, Thriller Twilight and like the chorus was like Twilight and like <laughs> that was like the chorus so but Quincy Jones was like no let's go full blast into yeah. something well he's that, a genius right well he is yes yeah. yeah. so but, I'm glad uh, he did that too because that's one of my favorite songs ever if, if it was Twilight I, I yeah. probably wouldn't listen Twilight, to Twilight yes so Twilight. <laughs> so that that was Gosh. that. So you think about the possibilities. Yes, real music, real good music can be made. Bands like Nirvana existed for a reason. Now I don't know. I don't want to guess at why. You know that the main, you know, big record labels gave them a shot and wanted to say let's change music, or if they even had an notion for that, or if yeah. they just said let's just do something different. Either way, it worked, and we can do it again. But unfortunately, it's it's a lot tougher right now. Rock is tough to come back so and that's fine for with me because i'm old and i don't listen to it and i don't need to listen to it so but there's I, plenty of really great bands it's true putting out really great music that i'll happily support on Bandcamp and give them money and but i'd love to give i'd love to i'd love to make you know i'd love to give the kids who are in the mainstream like i was give them a chance to listen to real music again that's what i don't like kids i don't want kids. them to have the oh, chance to, to listen to anything i'd like to do that for kids but i think this is a great time to switch over <laughs> to our next segment of let's let's do some pro football talk pro football that makes sense doesn't it guys yeah let's uh, switch over to some pro football yeah it's, uh, very, very maybe confusing to switch but uh, now we were gonna call this. We were gonna call this podcast. We thought about calling Brown meets Bengal. Yeah. Now Josh is a longtime Browns fan since yes. since since whole a child. life. You know, whole it just life. is what it is. Now I uh, may some may consider me a Fairweather fan yeah, from ben a long chose time ago. His team. Now the thing is, I chose Which to be a Bengals fan when I was a little kid. My mother uh, started me as a Bengals fan. I didn't get. I was watching games a lot when I was a young kid, and then I got out of it for a while, and then about. Five Five or six years ago, I got majorly back into football. So, um, let's uh, let's I guess talk about the upcoming season. Now, I did want to go back to to something that me and him were discussing the other day, and mainly it's about <laughs> teams that don't do well. Teams that don't do well. It's it's really unfair. Actually, I guess the question is. Are the teams that are doing well, do they really deserve what they're getting? No, they don't. Right. And let me explain to you explain why Explain why, is. Josh. Okay. Let me give you an example. The Browns are terrible, okay? They're the wor they've, they've been the worst team in any sport in the history of human beings <laughs> in the past 15 years. It just is what it is, okay? And every year... Because they're in a division with the Steelers and the Ravens and the Bengals. They get to play those teams twice. And every year, they lose both games. So what does that do for those other teams? It gives them two free wins. They don't even have to try. Mm -hmm. Okay? None of those games were competitive. We won, I think at one point, Ben Roethlisberger was 22-0 and against the Browns. We beat him twice. That was exciting. I was, I was at the one game. Let me tell you something. When the Steelers won their Super Bowl, they were the last Super Bowl. That's 2009. Was that 2009? That sounds right. Yes. They were a wild card team. If the Browns were any good, they wouldn't even have been in the playoffs. <laughs> Every year. Mm -hmm. and, it's horrible. And, and, and pardon me. But real the, quick, yeah, before you say ahead, something. Go ahead, go ahead. And that's why I think this past Bengals run has been really impressive because the Browns have been really good against the Bengals in the past five years, but they still are winning the division even though they don't get the two free wins because we've actually beat you quite a bit mm -hmm. in the regular season. Yeah, we were so, sure. Yeah. So you don't get those two freebies that the other two teams in the division get. Right. And you still win the division. Right. And, and that's, I got love them. Love the Bengals. Um, now, going on that same metaphor of what you were saying, I mean – I think that's what it does is makes these teams who aren't really – I mean, they're good but aren't really that good. It makes them look like superstars. Yeah. And and the, the reason being is obviously a great metaphor for this. I'm sorry I hate to say this, but there are there are girls that are out there that go to clubs and they choose they choose not so look good looking friends. Yeah. So then they look like yeah. tens or something like that. It does so happen. I think that's that's a great metaphor for this is, you know, a girl that goes to a club surrounds herself with not so good looking right. girls. And and that's the same that's the same thing is we give too much credit to some of these teams who um don't 
necessarily deserve it. Now, I'm going to ask you, and you know, tell me if I'm way off here. I don't want to take anything away from Tom Brady. It's been beat to death. I don't want to take anything away from yeah. it. I'm not going to talk about Deflategate. But um, does he deserve exactly all that he's had, or does it kind of fall in the same direction as what you were saying? Does he deserve, and not necessarily just him, but do the Patriots yeah. deserve all that they had, or does that fall in the same category? Well, they won the Super Bowls, but seriously, like, uh, for most of their stretch, I mean, you know, the Bills and the Jets and the Dolphins have been god all. I mean, the Jets were pretty good for a couple of years, but, like, that's like like five or six wins every year. So, and, and that's the thing. What you're talking about is, like, so football is, like, getting into the playoffs is such a big event. But, like, when you're able to have those free wins and you're always in the playoffs every year, mm-hmm. then it's a lot more about how the ball bounces. So, yeah, the Patriots won some Super Bowls. That's right. And they deserve the credit for that. But they're in the playoffs every year because their division is garbage. <laughs> now, and, and going on that same lines That's here. terrible. Let's talk about division stuff. Let's talk about... Uh, who was the division with uh, with the Redskins and who who made it into the playoffs with like four wins or something like that? Oh, was that yeah, the Saints? That was, no, no, was it wasn't. The it, was, was, it was the Panthers. The Panthers? Yeah. yeah, the Panthers literally made it the year before, the year prior. Yeah. The Panthers made it in with garbage. They yeah, had seven, six, seven, seven wins. wins. And yeah. literally, uh, they were leading their division with like three wins yeah. or, or, or something like that. Yeah, it was... It was insane. So that just proves, you know, and I, I don't know if this is, you know, I say we just trade. Let's trade up. You know, yeah. I'd like to see the friggin' Steelers, like, stand in a division with, put them in there with the Patriots, put yeah. them in there with. It needs to be like soccer, like and, yeah. real football. Yeah, let's yeah. do that. Put like them in there. All the good teams together, all the bad teams together. If you win the bad team division, you get promoted to the good team division. Exactly. And the worst team in the good team division gets Gets brought, that mean, would be awesome. Yeah, who cares about changing? I mean, why? What would that really affect? What do the visions really stand for? Why would that really affect? Other than the it fact, it would never that, happen. It would never happen because the Steelers and the Ravens and the Patriots would say, "No, I enjoy beating the crap out of all these <laughs> crappy teams in my division." Although I will say that they'd probably like to trade the Ravens and the Bengals out of the division mm-hmm. and just play the Browns six times. It would be the Steelers <laughs> and the Browns, right, in their own division. They would play us six times. Mm-hmm. They would start the season. It would be the first six games too. We would play all six games, that, and and it would be they they would start off six and zero every year. Mm-hmm. That's that's what I think they would propose. Uh, it's well, okay. So, um, let's talk about this year, and mm-hmm. we're just going to talk about the AFC North because, quite okay. frankly, the rest of the football we don't care about. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure Cam Newton's going to be good. He's really good, you know. And, mm-hmm. you know, the Seahawks are probably going to be good. They're really good. But Aaron Rodgers is good. But the Packers team isn't really that great. I no, mean, they need yeah. some work. Yeah. But but the AFC North is interesting because um, a lot of people think the Steelers are going to be Super Bowl team. And obviously the Bengals are still there. The Ravens are not as good as they as they once were, but people are still calling them an elite team because Joe Flacco's back. But I, I, I don't necessarily see it. But let's start – I'm just kidding. We'll start with the Bengals because who cares about RG3? So, Ben, talk, talk to me about the Bengals this year. What's, what's going on with, with them? Well, I'm going to make a prediction here. Um, a lot of people don't agree with this. I think this is – we – now, we did lose a couple of receivers. This is going to hurt us. So, Sanu is gone. Mohamed yeah. Sanu is gone. And He's really not very good, though. I'm not well, you can find tall yeah. dudes to run end arounds. Yeah, true, true. <laughs> I mean, come on. So, I mean, we lost a couple of receivers, but um, I'm going to make a pretty bold prediction. I know he's older, but I think Brandon LaFell is going to help the Bengals oh. out a bit. And think, everyone stopped listening to us. I know. I know. Everyone disagrees <laughs> like, with me well, completely. Okay. Yeah, everyone hates this, it. This but like I nothing. said, he knows it is nothing. bold. Yeah. It is bold, so obviously it is it is a bold prediction. But I think he's going to be that gem that uh, everyone says, oh, wow, okay, uh, well, we're not going to – who cares about this old receiver? Uh, no one's going to care. But that's well, what that's I think. that's true. That can happen. You're uh, right. I think – I mean, he had some big games. The only reason, the reason I say this, the reason I can justify it, is he had some big games with Patriots. Uh, when The games when Brady targeted him, he did well. Uh, he got twenty to twenty-five fantasy points. You it, know, it really depends on the uh, on the offensive coordinator, though. You know, 
Right. I mean, yeah. it's, it's hard to say. Is he going to gonna, include yeah. him in in the in the regular season? Now, we, I, I, if you, if it was Hugh Jackson still as the coordinator, I would I would totally agree with you. Mm-hmm. But I I don't know this guy. Uh, we do we do have some younger ones coming in. I've watched some videos. Uh, pretty solid. Uh, you know, we do have some young talent coming in here. Um, I think it could be a good year. I mean, obviously, a Bengals fan, being a Bengals fan, it's it's been very rough. Five playoff losses for the past first round. Five, first round yeah. Last five years, it has been very tough. Yeah. But uh, at basically, least, the doormat of the playoffs. Correct. Oh, good. We get the Bengals. At least our quarterback Andy Dalton could not say that this was his fault this year. That's right. He didn't. He didn't. <laughs> screw this he one up with 17 interceptions it's true so at least you can say that but yeah. uh you know there's always next year everybody keeps saying that uh people get tired of it but uh you know i'm not gonna come in with any high hopes i'm just gonna say uh you know i um uh, i do hope for the best so all right well you, you have some optimism so the so the the browns are terrible we do have rg3 which is oh my god <laughs> I, I I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say about that. With um, he's going. He's he, here's what's going to happen. This is this is this is what happened in Cleveland. This is how we work. Although maybe this past you know Cavs championship has changed all this. But usually the way that the script works out is this is what I see happening. I really think that RG three is going to have a great training camp. He's going to be coached up by Hugh Jackson, who's really good with quarterbacks. I mean, he made Jason Campbell so badass in Oakland, and Jason Campbell is terrible. I mean, before the Browns broke Jason Campbell's collarbone in, like, game eight or whatever, they were, like, six and two, or I guess it would have been game nine. They were, like, they were six and two. They were on a roll. They were, like, beating good teams. Like, they were going to go to the playoffs. Even without Jason Campbell, they, with a bunch of junk, they ended up 8-8 eight and eight or whatever, had, a, had one of the best seasons the Raiders have had in a long time. So Hugh Jackson is doing a great job with RG3. RG3 is going to come out in the first game and have an awesome game. He's going to be awesome. We're going to win the game. Week two, in practice, his leg's going to fall off. Of the <laughs> <laughs> like, that, that, is what, that, is what, that is how it works. So that, that is what I predict. I really do think that the guy is going to look really good early on and then just like his body is going to fall apart mm-hmm. and we're going to play freaking Cody, Keth- Cody Kessler. Oh, wow. That's, yeah. that's rough. I mean, so, that's, is that, so, okay, I was going to, at the tail end of this, I was, was going to ask, let's give two bold predictions for the yeah. upcoming football year. Is that one of your bold that predictions? That is my bold prediction. Right. RG3's leg is going to fall off his body. Stuff. It's not because he's accident prone. That's not why. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not mm-hmm. talking smack about him. It's because that's what happens mm-hmm. when good things happen in the football. Obviously, LeBron changed all that with basketball. But he is going to be good and not at his fault. Like some like intern is going to run like a golf cart into his leg and shatter it. Like pin him up against the wall, like zombie movie style and shatter his leg Mm -hmm. because he was drunk or something. Right. I dropped a Jolly Rancher on my toe. (laughs) So so now I can't play. Yeah. Right. Uh, So anyway, so my, my, that's my bold prediction. And the, but, but the Browns will probably win like four or five games and, and lose every game to the Steelers and the Bengals. Okay. Do you have do you have a second bold prediction? Do you have any other second bold prediction for no, football because, in general? No, for- because my uh, um, my bold prediction I think would just be that uh, the Ravens aren't going to be that good and mm-hmm. I, I don't think I don't I just I just don't see it and the Bengals and the Steelers will be in the playoffs and the Patriots will be in the playoffs. Uh, the Dolphins will stink again, even though they think they're going to be better. They're not. Mm. Ryan Tannehill is not that good. <laughs> Seattle will be in the playoffs. Green Bay will be in the playoffs. I don't think Saints get back there. So Arizona will be in the playoffs. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's no, there's no bull. There's no dark horse team. I mean, I, okay. So I, real quick, as to wrap it up, I will say that I, I do like the Jaguars a lot. I think this is their year to make that that leap into playoff uh, contention. Which brings me to my bold predictions. One, the Bengals win our first playoff game this year. And unfortunately, one playoff game. Yes. And I'll be happy with just one. That is bold to say, unfortunately. Once you get the one though, you won't be happy with just one. 
But uh, I also, another bold prediction that my friend Phil had made also, which uh, I'm going to jump on his bandwagon to say the Jaguars will make the playoffs. Yeah, that's, yeah I agree uh, with that. The Jaguars will make yeah, the playoffs. They will. They will because they've got a ton of talent. They've done a really nice job. And I mm-hmm. wish that uh, we had – the Browns had uh, the talent that they have amassed. Blake Bortles had mm-hmm. a massive year last year. I, I picked him on my fantasy team. The guy was out of control. Mm-hmm. All he needed was some defense and a little more consistency to win games late. But uh, if, they, if, if they get that defense and they load it up on defensive talent in the mm-hmm. draft. They are going to do well. Yeah, I, yeah. And that sucks because, I'm sorry, I the NFL was – invented in my hometown canton ohio it was started there some of the greatest football minds are ohio paul brown the greatest running back to ever play jim brown uh played for the browns uh florida has uh, in terms of pro football has no reason to have good football teams in florida okay florida Mm -hmm. i'm sorry (laughs) pro football is right is, is is from ohio and we stink at it i don't bengals are good but but they're going to have a great year. They are. They are. And yeah. they, don't, they don't deserve it, but they're very nice people. Mm-hmm. And I, I wish them the best, all 12 Jaguar fans. Because <laughs> I did go to a Jags-Browns game. And seriously, there's not many Jags fans. They, and they just were, aren't. And they were all in the pool. Yeah. And they were, they, yeah, all, all 12 of them were swimming in the pool, which is very nice. But, like, you know, to, 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 uh, to get people to come to your game by putting in a freaking pool. Right. That's Come on. That's you know, you don't have many fans. But... That's, it's a really nice stadium, and it's really good atmosphere, and the, I, I really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. I wish Cleveland Brown Stadium was like that, but unfortunately, we don't really have fun. <laughs> we don't have – football is not fun for us. Uh, anyway, okay. Uh, so let's wrap it up, Ben. Okay. It's this, time to eat breakfast. It is. So my, this is My the, wife made a, a very large breakfast that mm-hmm. is, is now getting cold. So before I head on the road, we wanted to finish up this podcast, and we wanted to thank anyone who might possibly be listening to this first edition yeah. of Cinema Talk, and uh, we hope to have some more fans in the future that everybody would like to come back sometime. See ya! See ya!